welcome back to Glare Budget with your hosts, Anjanette and Jess. And in today's episode, we're continuing Tim Burton yet again mm-hmm. with Sleepy Hollow. So we talked about Sleepy Hollow a little bit in a previous episode, but um, that was before we had good sound quality or anything like that. So maybe don't listen to it. <laughs> the Halloween episode. Yes. So, yeah, it was um, I think the content was good, but yeah. the quality not so much. Exactly. And there was no video. So there wasn't something to offset the uh, the bad audio. <laughs> so um, listen at your own risk. Yes. We'll put it that way. But of course, um, this is an adaptation of Washington Irving's story of Sleepy Hollow. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, but the screenplay was done by Kevin Yeager and Andrew Kevin Walker. It's a very long name. Yeah, I would get tired after writing it. I get tired after my own name. Yeah, you have a really long name. Fucking long. Yeah, like it, if you make me sign my first, middle, and last, I'm just no. There's mm-hmm. not enough space. No, actually, on my driver's license, they had to put because you have to write out everything first, middle, and last. So they had to make mine two lines. Yeah. And people look at it, they're like, <laughs> thinking that it's fake. Oh. Like no, it's legit. Mm. But um. Yeah, so this movie came out in 1999, and uh, I feel like there are a lot of a lot of listeners and watchers that remember the year 1999 because that was the big fear of Y2K. Yes, as I remember, um, remember there being a lot of fear around it. I remember there was an episode of Drew Carey around it because, like, you know, ever at that time, like everyone was scared that the coding that was done wasn't going to roll over essentially so like yeah you because know, economies com- were going to crash mm-hmm. and computers had their little clocks that you know when it would turn over to it would be zero zero and then it would just everything everything would just, would just go to yeah. shit so the entire world the entire world con- economy was going to like just collapse everyone's going to lose their money people were pulling money out of banks left and right mm-hmm. um but i remember the episode of drew carey where like they were starting to do that mm-hmm. and everyone's kind of like you don't really have that much money but like i pulled out what i could or whatever and, um, I don't remember the character's name, but there was, like, one character there always seemed like never really had any money. And he comes in with just this huge sack of money. And they were, like, Was that the, ca- the tall guy? Yeah. Ryan Stiles? Yes. They were, like, how? how? Like, how much money do you have? He's, like, oh, I have, like, 35 grand. They were, like, how? He's, like, remember all those years, like, in junior high and high school and stuff when, like, I asked you guys for a dollar, like, every day? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god brilliant plan though and then the end of it um you know they did like a whole bomb shelter thing and they did a kind of like homage to the twilight zone where drew carey um is downstairs like in his bunker and i think he has like porn instead of books and he breaks <laughs> his glasses oh my god like, no! man i missed that show that was a good show yeah so but i i do remember that i remember um my dad being kind of concerned and my mom like not really being that concerned and she was like you know being that there's so many different time zones and there's time zones like ahead of ours she's like i don't see anything being reported that like anything's yeah on fire being messed she's like it's gonna be fine yeah like fucking relax but I remember, yeah people were getting their bunkers ready they were getting all sorts of shit ready like this was little did we know that the world would go to shit in 2020 yep we were just 20 years too early yeah and our panic. Like, we didn't know that. And then we got lulled into complacency when it didn't happen. We did. Oh, Thanks, Rona. Anyway, 
Um, also, what happened in 1999 was Bill Clinton was acquitted <laughs> in his impeachment tra- proceedings. Even though we all know that he totally inhaled. He done did it. And he was uh, getting a little hanky-panky behind the desk. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. I just find it funny and hypocritical that certain people get impeached now. and I mean, God, if that happened now, Cheeto would have just been like, yeah, I got my dick sucked. Get my dick sucked right now. Everybody yeah. would have been like, yeah, yeah, you get your dick sucked. Mm, POTUS. Oh, God, that's a bad noise to do. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Let's go on to the next trivia, which is Napster debuts. Yes. <laughs> do you remember Napster? Oh, God, I forgot. I, I don't know. That and LimeWire. For- yeah. I don't know how I forgot about Napster, though. I really don't. You forgot about Napster? I I don't know how, because I remember, like, tying you up the phone. You aren't a true American. <laughs> I remember tying up the phone lines at the house so long, just like trying to download one song, and it took three fucking hours. (laughs) Oh my god! Kids uh, nowadays won't remember (laughs) what we had to deal with back in the day. Dial-up connection, baby. Oh my! God forbid if you wanted to surf the web and be on the phone at the same time. Jeez, that's it. It you (laughs) you couldn't. You couldn't. Oh, I feel like the good old days, just a dial-up sound. It's just so satisfying. I don't know why. And then, like, the AOL, like, you've got mail. I like, think now it's satisfying. At the time, though, like, when you just, it would get caught in that loop of, yeah. and, like, and you're just like, Jesus, fuck, just connect. <laughs> and oh, it, ew, that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. That was bad. But, yeah, no, I remember Napster, and then I remember um, Metallica suing Napster. Specifically, I think Lars. Yeah, they they sued Napster. Really? Oh yeah. Why? They stole their music. Napster did. You remember Napster was pirated music. Pirated. 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 <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> pirated. They stole it. They stole their music. It was all illegal downloads. That was pirated. <laughs> they the, hijacked it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. They stole their shit. <laughs> I think you put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable back there. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I'm sorry. The second I like I said, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, <laughs> you done fucked up. You done fucked up, A-Rod. But yes, I'm crying. I can't. <laughs> yes, they sued Napster because it was all illegal downloads. It was pot rated. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the movie. The movie stars Johnny Depp. Yes. Um, Christina Ricci, Christopher Walken as the Headless Horseman. Yes. When he's not so headless. Yeah, and it was I thought it was funny because when he was like, yeah, no, I totally like play this part. I got it. I got it, right? Signed the contract, had it, and then was like, by the way. BT dubs. I, um, I don't know how to ride a horse. Sorry. So if it could be the headless Walkman. 
Do you guys remember Walkman? Do you oh. remember? Remember the Sony Walkman? Do you guys remember that? I remember the when they came out with the CD one. Yeah. And I had like one of the little like um, purses that were like little backpacks, and it mm-hmm. fit perfectly. Oh my goodness! Yep. Yes. So I would like sneak the headphones around. I put them on, put my little backpack on, and walk around the mall like I was tough shit. That's so stupid. Yeah. So dumb. I remember loving when I would find one with anti-skip technology. Oh. Didn't work. No. But, but you felt special. You felt like you were the tits. Yep. Like you literally felt tits. <laughs> I don't know what my problem is. Anyway. Um, this was the first um, rendition of Sleepy Hollow where they didn't have to basically hide the head. Yes. So they were able to CGI. So Christopher Walken was able to just do his thing without like, let's just put this giant thing above your head and try to like. And it wasn't Christopher Walken though. It was Ray Park. Oh. Ray Park was the stunt double for the Headless Horseman. Ray Park also played Darth Maul and Toad in X-Men. The first X-Men that was done with by Brian Singer. So realistically, Christopher Walken had so very little to do. Yeah, he didn't actually have a lot of horseying to do. No. He didn't have to be a horseman for very much. It was mostly Ray Park. Well, Ray Park did a lot of the, he did the fighting. I think there was another stunt double. I don't know if he was the riding double or whatever, but there, I think there was another stunt double for the horseman. But Ray Park was the fighting double for sure, for sure. Like all his fancy like twirling of like the sword and the axe and stuff like that's classic Ray Park. Fair, fair. Oh, it was cool that uh, Johnny Depp did his own stunts. Well, like, the, the very last climactic scene where he's getting um, dragged by the horse. Yeah. Like, that was all him. I guess he had, like, Kevlar-type yeah. material underneath his clothes and was just like, all right, good luck. <laughs> Strap me in. <laughs> yeah. Get it. <laughs> and Johnny Depp actually, his horse in the movie, whose name was Gunpowder, um, the actual name of the horse was something different. It was, like, Goldeneye? Gold, yeah, Goldeneye, yeah. Goldeneye. yeah. Um, he adopted that horse after the movie because they were going to put him down. That's so sad. They didn't say why he was like, why though? Was he just, was the horse too farty? Because it is, horse is very flagellant. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a farty horsey. Yes. But I thought it was cool that like, they, they built the town of Sleepy Hollow, which took what, like three weeks to do? Mm-hmm. Like, and when you're walking around in Sleepy Hollow, it's like... Walking around in Tim Burton's mind. This is what it's like. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, I guess they, I thought that was pretty cool. They built that, though. And then um, the uh, the woods. The Western Woods? Thank you. Um, was all built on soundstage. So they literally could control weather, lights, sound, like literally everything. And it was so realistic that real live woodland creatures came to live in, <laughs> so like all the birds and stuff that you hear. In that, like in the movie, those are real uninvited birds. <laughs> it's like one of those things where, if, like, you're going to be here uninvited, you're going to work. Yeah. Tweet. God damn it. <laughs> you tweet on command. I so help me. I, you will not get your stipend for the day. <laughs> I have this lovely reflection on my face from the setting sun coming through the leaves. So oh, yeah. it looks like I have birth defects. No, it doesn't. Um, if you're not viewing this on YouTube, which you should, uh, 
it's like I described. It's not. It is. Oh my god. Wow. It's um, I know originally they had thought about casting uh, Winona Ryder instead of Christina Ricci. Yes. She had turned it down, and I know Johnny Depp was saying like because he had known uh, Christina Ricci at that time up until she was like nine is when they first started working together. Up until then, he was kind of like. It feels weird yeah, to kiss her. I don't want to really be your love interest. This is very awkward. It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't want to kiss my little sister. I don't want to do it. And then Tim Burton's like, do it, damn it. <laughs> I was, um, Tim Burton was saying, like, Johnny Depp is one of the best uh, painters. <laughs> painters in the business. He also wakes up for good, good for me, too. I thought that was very weird. It's a very creepy thing to say. It is. I would think. Like, I just imagine Tim Burton standing over Johnny Depp going like, Mm. You wake up good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again. And then Johnny Depp faints because you fucking <laughs> he's got Tim Burton like right in his face <laughs> when he wakes up. He's like, ah. <laughs> and then it's just an endless cycle of fainting and sexual in windows. You're just like, oh god. Mm. I just thought on like watching the movie that it was like Ichabod Crane's character was always very strange yes like the fact that he was like brought in to investigate this and he was supposed to be very scientific but at the same time like fainted which is like very well they they um on edge all the time there's a reasoning behind that though because in in every other iteration of sleepy hollow ichabod crane is supposed to be a like an unattractive guy yeah and most people do find johnny depp attractive so Johnny Depp was like, hey, I'll wear like prosthetics or whatever. And Tim Burton's like, no, let's have like your personality slash characteristics of you be the unattractive part. So where you're squeamish and stuff like that and you <laughs> like you faint a lot and all that kind of stuff right. like and have you be very like anal retentive. Like that'll be the unattractive part of you instead of you being physically unattractive. Well, that I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. And um, I guess. Tim Burton also got the idea of like also in the books, Ichabod Crane is supposed to be a school teacher, oh, yeah. not not like a constable right. or like a policeman. But they made him a policeman, and he had gotten that idea from uh, another movie or story or whatever. He, he liked the idea of like some policeman coming in. He's like very much like a science driven guy. He he's not a man of faith or anything. Doesn't put his his stock and like hocus pocus and all that kind of stuff right. and then ends up being thrown right into the mix of it. Yeah. So he, he liked that, that idea of it. And so he, that's why he had Ichabod Crane be a policeman instead of a school ah. teacher. Interesting. I like it though. I mean, I think it worked, you know, especially for that, the way that they like told the story. Yes. Particularly. And I like the fact that Christopher Lee's character was given top billing, but he only appears in the first few minutes of the film. As the judge in um, New York, where Crane comes from, right, and that like top billing, really. <laughs> but that happens a lot with movies. Like there are big name actors that'll get top billing, and they're only there for like a couple minutes, a fraction of the movie. Yeah, and you're like, what? You were, you got your name came up before the title of the movie. Right. <laughs> the fuck. But there were a lot of um, another, like, same as always, a Tim Burton trademark is that Tim Burton will use a lot of the same 
characters yeah. or actors as characters throughout his movies. So, you know, obviously Johnny Depp is one. He had him in Edward Scissorhands. I want to uh, say he's worked with Johnny a total of six or seven times. Yeah. So, obviously Michael Keaton's not in this movie, but he's used Michael Keaton a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, Christopher Lee, he's used a bunch. Jeffrey Jones, who um, was, I think he was the preacher? Yes. The pastor? Yeah. Uh, he was a pastor in this movie. So he was in Beetlejuice as the father. Uh, there were a lot of actually. There are a couple Harry Potter actors in this too. Yeah, I think they were saying like some of the um, the crew members too from Beetlejuice were brought in. Or no, or was it Edward Scissorhand? God, I can only imagine. Yes, obviously Danny Elfman did the music. There was only usual. three movies that Tim Burton did that Danny Elfman did not work on. Ed Wood was one because Sweeney they Todd. had creative differences um, on Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. And Sweeney Todd because that's not his music. Right. What was the third one? Oh, Miss whatever the hell, School for the Gifted. Oh, Miss Peregrine School. Y- oh, yeah. yeah. So those were the three that he did not work on. He That was his? Tim Burton's? Yep. I don't know if it was one of those like Nightmare Before Christmas things where... Oh, like yeah. No, that's 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 based off a book. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. He's credited for it, so interesting. Interesting. But interesting. yeah, so those were the three that Danny Elfman did not work with Tim Burton on. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, pretty much guaranteed that they are joined at the hip. Yes. So there are obviously you can tell the music in this movie. Yeah. Is Danny Elfman because it's very Danny Elfman esque. But I don't. I don't just. I like the feel of it too. I mean, obviously, like it had the the Tim Burton feel to it, obviously. But aside for, as far as I could tell, aside for the um, the headless horseman being like CGI'd, most of it was your traditional like let's build this town, let's do the soundstage. Like there really wasn't too many CGI special effects. It was most of it was old school. Yeah, I kind of think there was a lot of like green screen stuff, like green screen backgrounds or anything. Like it's all. I think it's what built other than the abomination that was the chocolate factory movie uh, alice in wonderland and that too and alice is the looking glass and that three and dumbo and i haven't four. seen dumbo i want to see dumbo but i know i'm gonna cry like a bitch i'm not watching i'm not watching i want to i'm not doing it no sorry bob that's kind of like when you watch homeward bound and you try not to cry not doing it yeah no i want to i want to so bad and i eventually will but i know i'm going to cry but no no i think um I th- that was one of the things that uh, me and one of my friends were talking about is once you pa- surpass a certain time frame of burton's movies is when you start to start to feel less like a burton movie and you start to get like a little more of the special effects and the CGI and stuff like that. So yeah, I want to say probably after like Corpse Bride. Yeah, because they um, the, that's still pretty like stop motiony claymation style. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But that like we'll we'll get to that and that that's what I wanted to mention in the last movie with Mars Attacks. God damn it. Yeah. Was that Tim Burton wanted it to be stop motion. But it was all, then they went for CGI and they're like, well, we can make the uh, the motion, like, we can blur the motion so that it seems more stop motion-y. And Baron's like, eh, forget it. 
Uh, but I like the, the effect that they got, though, in this particular film, they use the blue filter. So that's yeah. why it has, like, that... Like, everyone looks kind gray. of blue-gray, dead yeah. look. So. Uh, but to get the blood to show up, though, in film, they had to use, like, what's like, a bright orange... Yeah. Instead of red for it to actually look like blood because of it, though. like mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I thought that, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. I like it. I like it. I'd have to imagine, too, like, you know, as we've been discussing Burton's um, mm. movies and the fact that he was not typically um, a fan of CGI. Like, I'm wondering for actors who, you know, came up with that kind of film um, and then had to, like, you know, eventually... <sighs> have to work with green screen stuff like that where it's just you're not going into the set you're going into like basically just a sound stage with fucking mm-hmm. green screen stuff like is it harder for you to get into character and actually like interact with your surroundings because there's like nothing there i can imagine like because definitely from i mean just my personal experience because we i did theater yeah growing up and the actor itself has to have a suspension of disbelief. Not so much as like the audience. The audience very much so has to have a suspension of disbelief because you're going in knowing that you're watching a play, a movie or whatever. So you kind of have to just believe what's being shown to you. But the actor's part is like they're supposed to portray real life just under imaginary circumstances. So the more that's around you to help you to help facilitate these imaginary circumstances or surroundings, the easier your job is. So the less you have, I'm imagining it's much much harder because you have to imagine that much more. Right. So all of the all of the TV shows and movies or whatever that have like these big fantastical creatures and sets or whatever that they have to pretend that are there, they're just interacting with like a tennis ball. Yeah. To like look here. Yeah. Like, if you look at the behind the scenes for, like, Game of Thrones, and you see, um, Amelia, like, Amelia Clark. Yeah. That's her name. Just holding, she's supposed, she's supposed to be interacting with one of her dragons. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this big green thing. And she's supposed to be loving it, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it. So part of it is like that's that's awesome that they're able to portray that, and you you as an audience member watching it are you have the feels for you buy into it, yeah, yeah, what you're seeing, but it's only you're only buying into it because it's believe their performance is believable, right? I just mad I don't know. Like I said, I mean, I I would think for younger care like younger actors and actresses, that's just what. Oh yeah, that's just what it is. Yeah, that's just it is what it is. Like that's what you went into but you know for someone who's been in the business for so long where they had a transition from you know massive setups in small towns to a tennis ball instead of just I'm, I'm wondering if that's why there are certain movies and performances and stuff that could have been good or like you felt like yeah, it was good but it was missing something i wonder if that's it um, you know what i mean i think maybe in certain certain circumstances i think we'd have to like look at some of these movies and analyze them more closely. But yeah. I think part of it with some of them, with some of the movies that come out and you're just like, wow, nothing, it's Ooh, not working. Yeah. yeah. But also it could be like, no matter if the CGI is bad, yeah. I'm not sure if it really matters how good the actor that's interacting with this 
whatever is standing in for what's original, uh, like eventually going to be rendered as the creature or whatever. Like it might not matter how good their performance is if the CGI ends up being fantastically shitty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just mm. look at any movie or TV show that was on sci-fi. I mean, that's the sci-fi acting as well. That's not a good example. No, I um, love some sci-fi shows. You've watched some sci-fi shows? Yeah. Did they have good CGI? The recent ones did. I don't know. And my mom probably still watches really bad sci-fi not movies. Not all of them are great, but... Some of them are very, very, very bad. Like, the CGI looks like a child rendered it. Yeah. Like, they took some kind of Minecraft character <laughs> and put it into a major motion picture or whatever. I mean, obviously, it's not major motion picture because it's not going out into the theaters, but you know what I mean. A feature Anyways. film. Yes. That's what I mean. Bye. all. My point being, I think there are a lot of factors that you have to consider when it comes to analyzing something like that. I could Fine. be the actor's ability. It could be how the CGI is rendered. It could be, you know, they still, a lot of them still have to build some kind of set and then they'll have like a green screen behind them. Yeah, true. Uh, and then they just have to, you know, go with the CGI afterwards and make the set look a little bit more believable than what they can just project onto right. the green screen later. But uh, it's kind of cool, like the the more they develop the technology and everything, some of the some of the movies and TV shows that you see, like holy shit, that they like are they really in this place? And they're like, nope, that's all green screen. You're like, damn. Yeah. No, I mean I'm not saying like, listen, there's definitely a a need for I don't know. I just listen. There, there's definitely like plenty of especially recently, like with the aging technology. You know, where CGI has been, like, fantastic. and But I don't know. I just, I'm always a fan of just old school props and puppeteers and stuff like that. It just holds a special place in my dead heart. Mm-hmm. Mine, too. That, I mean, it's just, it, it, I, I think part of it is that nostalgia, nostalgia feel because there aren't a lot of movies and TV shows that do that anymore because, like you, we mentioned, I think, in two episodes ago where... We what's more cost effective being able to spend all this money on materials and people to work the animatronics yeah. or work the this, work the that, blah, 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 blah. Like, what's more cost effective? What's easier to do? Like, time ef- like time efficiency-wise, Yeah, that's where I think what it comes down to between those two. And then they might just go with, okay, well, this is going to get it done quicker, so let's do that, even though it might be more expensive. It depends on what they're allotted in their budget, I imagine. True. Plus release date, because I know a lot of times it's when you go into a project, you have a ideal, mm-hmm. you know, summer release date, fall, whatever. So you got to, like, make sure you hit those marks, too. Yeah. But this was, uh, this movie was actually, a lot of it felt real because... It was real sets. Like, they yeah. built those sets to spec and everything. and Pretty cool. Yeah. Again, Tim Burton's then-girlfriend was in it as Crane's mom. Oh, uh, yeah. Huh. This, that was her. Just can't help himself. 
No, he can't. He he's kind of like Kevin Smith. Just uh, yeah. I don't know why we tend to like directors that keep using the same people. Joss Whedon's the same way. One of our friends um, watching was it Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Which is like, Joss Whedon knows there's other actors and actresses out there, right? There are not. Not to him. No. No, but I don't know. I mean, like I said before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, if you have that magic, if you have that, like, connection with somebody, like, why? Like, why go elsewhere? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would definitely want to work with my friends over anyone else. Yeah. Because they'd be like, hey, Jess, do you want to work with me? Or be like, hey, do you want to work with this rando? Right. I don't, I don't, I don't want to work with the rando. <laughs> I don't know you. Yeah. Stranger danger. You can't deal with us. <laughs> that My mom said not to talk to strangers. Yeah. And for good reason, because that bitch shady. <laughs> anyway, um, Sleepy Hollow. Um, what streaming service? Was that on Netflix? No, I think I had to rent that one too. Or maybe it is. I don't know. No, I watched that on one of the streaming services. It was Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. I yeah. think it's on Netflix. Yeah. Like 80% sure. No, no, it is. Yes. Because watched Sleepy Hollow. Wait, is it? Yeah, it is. It's on Netflix. Wait, is it? It's on Netflix. Is it? Yes. All right. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, Sleepy <laughs> Hollow is on Netflix if you care to watch it. Um, I think it's the only streaming service that it's on right now. Probably because they each, if it is on one, then they have a, a contract. Uh, yeah, they can't typically can't be on another. Yeah. So watch it on Netflix. I think it still holds up to today. Oh, yeah. I think it's still a good rendition of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Agreed. And, um, yeah. So we're going to be finishing up doing our last Tim Burton episode in our next episode, which we're going to be talking about Corpse Bride. Yes. He's done other movies, but um, we're not going to talk about all of them. Obviously, we'll do um, honorable mentions yes. in our next episode. But yeah, so stay tuned for that episode. And if you like our vibe, please like and subscribe. And you can catch all of our other social medias in the description box down below. And we'll see you next time. Okay? Bye-bye.